Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperson would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We believe, Lord, that your word will build us up today, change us. We believe in the power of your word, Father. We ask you, Lord, that even though whatever I say up here by your Holy Spirit, but your Holy Spirit can speak to them more than what I say. You will speak into their heart. You will change them. You will minister to them by your Holy Spirit, Lord. We bless you. We honor your word. And we receive by faith, Father. Help us not to be just hearer of your word, but help us to be doers of your word, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Today, I would like to encourage you about the issue or the importance of being fruitful in the place where you are right now, right where you are. A lot of times, this is the attitude that human beings have. As soon as I get out of this mess, as soon as I get out of this problem, I will work harder. As soon as I get healed from sickness, then I will serve God and go to church. But God wants us to learn something today from this sermon, that we should be fruitful We should be productive. We should be faithful right where we are. In the midst of our adversities, in the midst of our problems, not waiting until the problem disappears. We should have the good attitude and we should do the right thing even though wrong things are happening to us in our office, in the church, in the care group, or wherever. We should keep going to church even though our loved ones or our relatives do not want to go to church. We need to continue to be a blessing to others, even though other people don't want to bless us or care about us. Amen? If you want to go to the promised land, you need to be faithful in the wilderness. In the adversity, you need to be faithful. And then God will lift you up at due times. Our human nature like to give an excuse. Oh, I'm going to work harder if I get out of this office. It's not fair here. My boss doesn't care about me. If I get out of here, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to go back to serve in the ministry if my back pain is healed. And then I'm going to serve God more. That is an excuse that we always do. In fact, if you have that kind of thinking, you put things in backward. You should keep sowing the seeds. You keep doing the right thing. And God will come and meet your need and do the right thing for you in the midst of the problems. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes we say like this, my company does not pay me enough. My company doesn't give me a raise. I'm not going to work hard. I'm not going to go to work late. And I want to encourage you. If you think that way, remember this, you are a son and a daughter of God. You are not working under man. God is your boss. God is the master. God keeps record of whatever you do. 
Even though the human boss doesn't see what you're doing, but the boss up in heaven, your real boss is seeing what you are doing. So if you're doing the right thing, even though the wrong thing is happening in your office, and you keep sowing the seed of righteousness and the seed of hard working, then God gonna take you to a better place eventually. Promotion from God gonna come because actually promotion comes from the Lord, not from man. Amen. I remember the story. I read a story about a young man. He is in the twenty. He was born with incurable lung diseases. He could not breathe oxygen by his own. He need to carry the oxygen tank everywhere he goes. He persistently go in and out from the hospital. He got infection easily. He always have upper respiratory tract infections, and he gets sick quite often. But this man has a different spirit. He is different. Instead of living in bitter attitude. Instead of complaining to God, why me, why me, why me? Why I was born with this bad lung disease? Why God is not fair? He did not think that way. He went out to look for a good job. He worked hard. He went to work on time. He worked very hard. In his workplace, he got promotion. He really was the excellent. He has a spirit of excellence. He was an excellent worker. He did not quit going to church. He kept going to church with his oxygen tanks, and he also was very involved in the youth ministry. And eventually, one day, in the middle of his adversities, in the middle of his sickness, he got a phone call from a hospital and say, "Oh, we have a good news for you. We have a new lung for you. We're gonna transplant a new lung." He went into that lung transplantation, and he came out fine. Now he can breathe without oxygen tank. Now he can live a healthy life. This man is a good example to us. This man doesn't have a victim mentality. He has a victor mentality. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you have a victim mentality and complain about your own problem, or you have a victor's mentality, my dear brother and sister? No matter what happened to you, I want to encourage you to make a decision. Make up your mind that nothing will stop you from be your very best. Nothing will stop you to be faithful to do the right thing. Amen. Nothing will stop you from working hard, going to work on time, serving the Lord, and going to church. You need to be determined. You need to dig your heel into the ground and say, "I'm not going to be moved by the circumstances around me. No matter what circumstances look like, I'm going to have a good attitude. I will be fruitful and productive, and faithful right where I am right now." Amen. And if you can do that, God will come and He will promote you. And change things for you supernaturally. Don't fall into the trap of thinking this way. I'm not going to work hard in my office anymore. They don't appreciate me. No one give me any credit. I'm gonna get out of this job soon. I don't like this place. I'm tired of this place. I'm gonna give them a hard time. Don't think that way. You should work hard, even though people don't give you the credit. You remember this? If you are not faithful in little things. God will not be able to promote you to the bigger things. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, His Lord said to him, "Well done, good and faithful servant." You remember the word "faithful," faithful servant. 
You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. If your job in your company is to sweep the floor, we should sweep the floor with all our might. If you work in a minimum wage pay, flipping hamburger somewhere, you flip it with all your might. Flip it with all your might. Doing fully, wholeheartedly. Amen. Don't have the bad attitude. Do it with excellence. Because you know what? God is your real boss. Not the owner of that McDonald's. God will watch you from heaven and see, wow, he is faithful in these little things, flipping the hamburger. I'm going to promote him to be a CEO one day. God knows that if you have a bad attitude while you're flipping the hamburger, you're going to have a bad attitude if you become a CEO. Therefore, God wants you to pass the test. Many times, God allows adversities. God allows unfair situations to happen to you. God may put you into a very hard and tough hand of leadership. And God wants to test you whether you are faithful and do, do, doing the right thing in the midst of that unfair thing. And you're going to keep the right attitude or not. Because God wants you to pass the test. If your marriage doesn't work very well, before you get married, you look at that gentleman. Oh, he is like a prince in the sleeping beauty. He looks so perfect. Oh, when I marry him, he's going to fulfill all of my needs. But after two months, you find out that he doesn't meet all of your needs. He still throws socks on the ground. He still forget to take a shower before he go to bed and have some smell. And you say, honey, go to take a bath. He say, I'm too tired. You feel that it's unfair. He doesn't spend time with you enough. He doesn't say, I love you anymore. He doesn't say that you're beautiful anymore. It's very unfair. He doesn't communicate very well. And you are tempted to think this way. Huh. Okay. I'm going to do my own things now. I'm going to ignore him. I'm going to give him the same taste of his own medicine. I'm going to let him have it. My dear brother and sister, if you do that, you are not passing the test. Amen? You need to be a better person. You need to keep peace in your home, even though he doesn't deserve. You notice when I say he, because I don't want to be in trouble here. If I say she, I can be in trouble at home. He doesn't deserve it. But even though he doesn't deserve it, you need to keep sowing the seed of kindness to him. Loving him. Amen. My wife say amen. He's sowing the seed. Doing your best as a wife. Doing your best as a spouse. Amen. And if you keep being fruitful and productive right in your, the midst of your adversity and afflictions, then God will turn things around for you. God will begin to move for you on your favor. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, some of you may think this way. Pastor, you can say all of this thing because you are blessed already. Do you know that it's not fair in my life? You don't know my situation. You don't know what has been true in my home. She doesn't, oh no, he doesn't understand me. What I have been true. My boss at work has not treated me right. You don't understand, I have to get them paid back what they did to me. My dear brother and sister, if you live in that bitterness, you live in that paying back attitude, 
you are poisoning yourself. It's not good for you. Don't poison yourself. Maybe in the past few years you have been through many big disappointments. I have gone through that. I have gone through a lot of disappointments in my life. Maybe you are facing a very unfair boss. Things doesn't go well with you, and you are tempting. You're being tempted to be discouraged. You say, "Okay, I'm gonna throw a towel. I'm gonna sit back and be lazy." I'm gonna be complacent. I'm not gonna serve as hard anymore. I'm gonna quit the ministry and the situation. Change first, then I will do it. God, change the situation. Otherwise, I'm not gonna do it. My dear brother and sister, don't think that way. My message to you today is that you must be very best. Everyone say very best. Excellent. At where you are right now. Even though nobody else see it, but you need to know this: God sees what you are doing. He is in control. Amen. He's the one who gonna bring the promotion. He's the one who pull people down, and he's the one who lift people up. That's what the Bible say in First Samuel chapter two verse seven. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. Psalm one hundred forty-seven verse six. The Lord lifts up the humble. And he cast the wicked down to the ground. If you humble yourself before the mighty hand of God to submit to leadership, to do what is right, to be excellent in what you do, you serve the Lord in your office, in the church, do the best for that the boss up there. God say, I will lift you up. I will promote you in due time. Keep having the good attitude in the midst of your adversity. Keep your smile in your face. Amen. Don't have a long face. Go to work and smile. Keep doing the good things to people around you. Doing good to the people, even though they don't do good to you. Keep being positive. And you know, if you keep doing that, you're gonna come out better off. You're gonna come out good. God gonna take you higher. Your dream that God gave to you. Maybe some of you, God may give you a dream. God given dream that you're gonna own a business. And now you're working for a company. And God say, "I will not give that dream to you. Well, the dream will not come true until you have the right attitude and pass the test." This story make me think about a man in the Bible. I like this story. I like the story of this man. His name is Joseph. I read the story to you a little bit here. Genesis chapter thirty-nine, verses one to six. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian. Brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. This is a key word. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight. You see, if you find favor in the eyes of God, you find favor in the eyes of man, and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had, he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. It's good to hire Christian to work for you. Is that right? It's wonderful because when you hire Christian to work for you. Your business is blessed because the Lord is with that person, 
And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know that he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. If you understand the whole story about this man, Joseph, Joseph was treated unfairly many times, more than anyone. I believe that if you can count the unfair things that happened to you, you cannot match up with Joseph. His brother pushed him into the pit, into the big hole. And after that, they tried to kill him, the brothers. And after that, they sold Joseph into a slavery into Egypt. After that, he was put in jail for what he did not do. He was accused that he was trying to commit adultery with his boss, wife. Not with his boss. His wife, boss, wife. Okay. Okay. And then after that, he interpreted the dream for, for his friend in the, in the jail. But he was forgotten another year, many years. He was in jail for 13 years. Oh, I believe that some of us would, would have a sour attitude by then. Say, God, you forget about me now. I'm going to forget about you too. Joseph never had a sour attitude. He never come and complain to God, God, you are not fair. Life is unfair. He kept the right attitude. And you know what happened? Because he was the best in where he is. He was a good worker. He worked very hard for Potiphar. He did the best. He kept the right attitude. He did everything the best for his boss. And eventually... He was brought to before the Pharaoh. And Pharaoh found that this man has God inside him and has all the wisdom that other men in Egypt could not match up with. Eventually, he was promoted to be the second-hand man of Pharaoh. My dear brother and sister, if you are effective, if you have the right attitude where you are right now, God can take what the enemy means evil for you, and turn it around and make it for your advantage. Amen. That's what the Bible says. Amen. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20 say, But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. This is the word that Joseph said to his own brother, who tried to persecute him and get rid of him. It's interesting when you study about the life of Joseph. I want to read a passage here about his sons. Look at this. Genesis chapter 41, verses 51 to 52. Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh, which means, for God has made me forget all of my toil and all my father's house. He had bad experience in his father's house because he was persecuted by his brother. And the name of the second son he called Ephraim. For God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. My dear brother and sister, this is an interesting way to give the name of his son. He tried, the Lord tried to give us a message here. If you want to forget or you want God to erase all the painful memories of the past. If you want to really come out from that suffering of the painful experiences in the past. What you need to do, that is what? Manasseh. Forget about painful experience. What you need to do, you need to do another thing. Another son, Ephraim. 
you need to be fruitful in the midst of your affliction. And then God will erase the bad memories. God will take you out from that situation for you. You need to be fruitful where you are right now until God promotes you and move to somewhere else. Amen? You may be upset right now about a relationship. Maybe some single in this church come in. And after a while, you find a person and you kind of fall in love. You go out dating for a while. And suddenly that man say, you know, I don't want you anymore. You have bad experience of the relationship. And you say, oh, I'm a hopeless case. Now I just turned 20. I'm too old now to have a boyfriend. I'm just turned 20. I'm, I, I need to have a boyfriend at 18 years old. You feel sour. You, you have a sour attitude. And you say, God, you know, I will not be happy anymore. If you think that way, you will never go anywhere. You need to keep smiling your face, shining the glory of God, be happy, do the best in your ministry, keep serving the Lord, having the right attitude. You know what? If you keep doing that, he's going to erase that bad experience of that boyfriend. Not only that, God, he is a good God. He still sits on the throne. He can bring in somebody new into your life who is so great, who is so committed, who's so godly, who's so fun to be around, who's so good-looking, who's so rich, that you don't even think about that old God that hurt your feeling anymore. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I try to encourage all the single here. Amen. <laughs> God is a good God. And that's what happened to Joseph. Joseph was persecuted by his brothers. Is that right? He should have hated his brother. But when the brothers show up in his town, you know what Joseph said? Joseph said, I forget about that. What, what happened to me 20 years ago? I don't remember. I move on with my life. It's over. It's done deal. I'm going to move on and I want to bless you. Amen? So we need to be that way. We should not keep bitterness. We could not keep any sour attitude inside us. Amen? I tell you one thing. Life is not perfect. We owe all of us going to face adversities and disappointments in life. Many things in our life are not perfect. But what you can do is this. What you can do is to do the best right where you are. Quit waiting for God to change things. Do the best there. You must sow the seed of goodness. Why don't you be good to the people around you now instead of waiting for them to be good to you first? Do good to your family members. Do good to your co-workers. Do, do good to your church members, brother and sister, and your neighbors. Don't wait until they do good to you first. Sow the seed of goodness to somebody first. And you may say like this, but pastor, I need more money to do that. I don't have enough money. But I want to tell you, don't wait until you have a lot of money. Start to sow now. You don't, if you don't have enough money, you can sow other things. You can sow the seed of smiling. You can pick up the phone and call somebody. You can go and mow the lawn of somebody's house. You don't have money to, to give them. You mow the lawn for somebody. You can go to Mary Ann's house and mow the lawn for her. Help her clean up the house. Amen. That's a good idea. Help her. 
help her babysit her, give her some time to be off to to do her own running errand and babysit for her. Go do that. Amen. Show love to her. Sow the seed into her life. You may not have a lot of money, but you can have time. You can have a smile on your face. Be fruitful where you are right now. The Bible talks about the principle of sowing and reaping. Second Corinthians chapter nine verse six say, "But this I say: He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly; but he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully." So, in the times of your needs. What you need to do? Complaining, have a bad attitude, give up, pull off, sit back, be bitter. No, what you need to do is you must learn to sow a seed. You need to get your mind off yourself. Let me repeat one more time: Get your mind off yourself. Quit thinking about your own problem. How unfair it is in your life. What is wrong with your life? But start to think about how can I bless other people? Amen. There is nothing worse than living a life of self-centeredness. Me, 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 me. Nothing can steal your joy than wake up in the morning and begin to think about yourself and how terrible the situation you are. I'm a bummer. I'm poor. And think about yourself is miserable. It steal your joy. You wake up in the morning and say, "What can I do to bless my wife? What can I do to bless other people in the church?" Amen. Start blessing other people. Quit thinking about yourself because you know what? The more you think about it, the the problem gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger. But if you quit thinking about it, it will be smaller and smaller and smaller. I have learned from the Lord that if I focus on meeting other people's needs, God gonna meet my needs. If I keep thinking about how I can bless other people, God gonna come and bless me. Therefore, go out and start being a blessing to other people instead of waiting for people to be a blessing to you. Don't complain about your problem. Learn to thank God of what you have, whatever God gives to you. Use it, even adversity. Use the adversity to be a blessing to other people. Amen. When people give you a hard time, you cheer yourself up in the Holy Spirit and go out and cheer other people up, and use everything in your life for the glory of God. If you have a big problem right now in your life, don't sit back and have self-pity. If you are in the hospital bed, sick, instead of feel pity on yourself, when the nurse walk into the room, you encourage that nurse. Hi. How are you doing? I want to encourage you today. Even though you still have IV on your hand and you have you know dressing uh, on your head, whatever, you still encourage the nurse. Pick up the phone. If you are in trouble, you feel like oh, right now I have a lot of problems. You pick up the phone and encourage somebody else. Sow the seed of love, because remember this: that you are not a victim, you are a victor, and God will always cause you into triumph. Amen. Get the mind off yourself. The more you think about it, it's gonna get bigger. Think about this: if you own an apartment complex, if you are the owner, and you have about 80 units of room, and you rent out about 50% of them to robbers, drug dealers, and cheaters, and another 50% of your apartment you rent out to good citizens. In a few months, I can guarantee 
that the drug dealers and the cheaters and robbers will run off all those good citizens from your apartment complex. How many people agree with that? The same thing. Your mind is like an apartment complex. If you keep thinking negative, thinking poor me, self-pity, oh, I'm a bummer, I will never mount up to anything, I'm a failure, oh, poor me, poor me, eventually, those negative thinking, the robber, will run off all the positive thinking. Is that right? And you will never think positive. You cannot have faith anymore because all the thinking in your mind is all robbers and cheaters and drug dealers. Therefore, don't entertain those thoughts, but be encouraged and proclaim the promise of God. The Bible says like this in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Everyone confess with me. All things work together for my good because I love the Lord. Amen. Remember this, God is a supernatural God. If God could create the heaven and the earth, He could change your adversity into your advantage. Amen. He can make your stumbling block into your stepping stone to your success. Nothing is too hard for God. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen. Therefore, don't be afraid of all those obstacles. Amen. You may say that, but pastor, I am working in a very negative environment right now. I cannot have a good attitude. Everyone else is late. They goof off when the boss didn't show up. So I have to do the same thing. I, I, I cannot work hard like them. I need to goof off too. But I want to tell you this. You are not everyone else. You are a child of God. Everyone else may goof off, but you don't need to goof off. You don't need to be late. You are a child of God. You can do excellent. You have the excellent spirit. You keep smile on your face, working hard, and don't listen to everybody else, but listen to the Lord and be the representative of God in your work. Respect other people. Honor other people. Amen. Do the best you can in your job. Don't sit around and be self-pity. Because if you do that, if you sit on the seat of self-pity, you're going to go deep, sink deeper and deeper in that seat. And eventually you will not be able to rise up anymore. That's the trap of the enemy. That he wants you to sit on a chair and feel self-pity. Rise up. Stand firm that you're going to be productive and fruitful in the midst of your problems and adversity. Amen? Don't sit around waiting for God to change the situation. Keep doing the right thing. Being fruitful and having the good attitude. Amen? Don't sit around and also being bitter and negative and blaming other people, blaming God, blaming everyone else, blaming what happened to you. Don't give room to those robbers and cheaters. I know that every one of us might have gone through some big problem. And you say that life is unfair. And you say, I'm going to give up everything. I'm not going to serve God anymore. I'm not going to go back to church. I'm going to stop serving in the ministry. Wow, this ministry is unfair. They don't care about me. But my dear brother and sister, you remember that God turned the captivity of Job when he began to pray for his friends. God did not turn his captivity when he was having a bad attitude 
and praying for himself. But God turned the captivity of Job when He began to bless those who gave Him a hard time. Amen. We need to have the right attitude. If you need healing, you say, "I'm sick. I need healing." Instead of God, when you're going to heal me? Come to church, pray for the sick, give, sow the seed. Amen. Sow the seed of healing to other people. You may say, "God, but I need more prayer than anybody else." If you need more prayer than, than anybody else, you go and pray for other people. And God gonna meet your need. God gonna heal your sickness. We all have good reason to be unhappy, is that right? We all have good reason to be unhappy, but don't let that situation wear you down, pull you down. Be good people, be godly people. Have the good attitude. Amen. Keep sowing the seed. Do the job God give to you the best you can. I give you another example of another man in the Bible besides Joseph. Joseph has a good spirit, excellent spirit. Another man called David. David was promoted by God. David was a young man. He was forgotten. He has another six brothers, and all of them very handsome, good-looking. Became soldiers and very well-to-do. Went to the elite academy school, very well-trained. But David was put in the field, taking care, tendering. The chief of his father, he was forgotten. He was lonely there. He has to face lions and bears. Can you imagine if you were David? You may have thought that, "Wow, my dad is not fair. The rest all do well, but I am here in the field by myself, taking care of the chief, and I have no future. I don't see my future. I'm gonna be a shepherd like this all the days of my life." But David had an excellent attitude. He did not have a sour and bitter attitude. While he was taking care of the sheep, he has a slingshot, and he keep practicing. He put the target, and he keep practicing and developing his skill. Maybe the first few times he missed the target, but he keep doing that when he taking care of the sheep, and eventually he was very skilled to hit the target. So when the bear came in, when the lion came in, he can hit those lion with the stone. He has the slingshot. And the stone in his hand that God gave to him, he was not bitter. He continued to do the best. Remember this: while he was doing that, he did not know that one day he was going to face Goliath. He was never told that he's going to face Goliath, but he was ready. He was prepared to face the promotion of God. And then one day, Samuel the prophet show up in his father's house and say, "I'm going to anoint one of your son to be a king." Then. Jesse brought in one son at a time. One, two, three, four, five, six, and then everybody forgot about David. They didn't even think about David until Samuel said, "Anymore." And then, oh, we have another son. If you heard about that, how would you feel? My dad didn't even think about me. He did not think that I can mount to anything. I'm just a young boy taking care of the sheep. They all forgot about me. Did he have bad attitudes? Did he complain? Did he say, "I give up. I'm not going to take care of the sheep anymore. I'm not going to go there to meet Samuel." No, he kept the good attitude. He was faithful. He showed up, and Samuel anointed him to be the king of Israel. And then he went out into the battle. When he went into the battle, everyone laughed at him. This is a joke. You a small boy. That guy is big. He wore the armor, no 
open space except his forehead that open. But David, all those years, he practiced. He practiced. You know that God did not throw the stone for him. Is that right? God did not make supernatural move of the stone to the forehead. He prepared himself for the right time of promotion. He was effective. He was having the right attitude. He was faithful in the midst of adversities and being forgotten. And when the right time came, he threw that stone, bam, hit the forehead, and the giant died. Then he got the promotion. David was never lazy. David never pulled off, never sit back around and do nothing. What happened if David had a bad attitude? Didn't they never practice, gave up, complain? We would not have this Bible to read about King David. Is that right? But David had the right attitude. You don't know your future. I believe that God has great things in store for you. God has a promotion. Amen. Single. God has a best guy for you, ready for you. Somewhere, somehow, right now, He will bring to the, you to the right time. Maybe when you turn 24, you may say the 24 is too old. That's okay. Maybe 38. Everyone say, oh, 38? No, too. Whatever. God has somebody good in store for you. God has a good job in store for you. God has the best thing in store for you. What you need to do now in the midst of your problems is to have a good attitude, to be excellent, to be faithful, to be fruitful and productive, to keep sowing the seed, keep Loving God, building your character, keep passing the test. And when the right time comes, the Lord will lift you up and promote you. Amen. Amen. Do you learn something today? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many people promise God that I'm going to be fruitful and productive where I am right now? How many people are going to keep the good attitude? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you so much for showing us the life of Joseph and David, Lord. Showing us how we should live victoriously on earth here. Father, help your people in this church and those who listen to this sermon in the internet and CD, Father, to make a decision not to sit back be complacent, and give up. But help them, Father, to do the right thing, to keep the good attitude, to be excellent in whatever they can do. And Father, I believe, Lord, that you have the best thing in store for them. Father, I believe, Lord, that in this end time, you will build your church, and the gates of Hades cannot prevail against it. Your people will be victors, not victims. They will overcome. They will be more than conquerors, Father. Thank you, Lord. We bless you indeed. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If today you say, God, I have really had wrong attitude. I need to repent. God, help me to be positive, to have the right attitudes of the days of my life in my adversity right now. And I know, I trust you, you are the real boss. You're going to give me promotion. You're going to change the situation for me. And you say, God, I want to repent. Please give me strength to do it. Give me favor. Give me power to do it. I want to encourage you 
to come out here and and, 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 and Pastor Da will pray for you. This is the one group that I like to ask to come out. The second group of people are those who don't know Jesus, and you say, "Oh, I just heard about Jesus today, and I want to become a child of God. I want to have a victorious life. I want to have a abundant life. I want to go to heaven, and I want to invite you to join into the family of God. Give Jesus a chance to work in your life. Don't deny Him. Don't refuse Him. Come and give your life to Jesus." And I have been a Christian for more than 25, 26 years, and I I know and I know that God is real, and God is good. If you just make a decision to step out and give your life to Jesus, He will do marvelous thing in your life. Amen. These two group of people, you say, God, I need help. I need help for forgiveness. I need help for being born again. Come out here right now, and we we want to pray for you. Amen. Come out here. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much.